and welcome to the Wildlife Community Podcast, a show all about wildlife-friendly gardening, demonstrating just how easy it can be to encourage the bees, birds, bugs and hedgehogs into your garden season after season with just a few hints and tips. And this episode is a special one because we're here to talk about one particular species of butterfly that's captivating more and more spotters. It's one of the rarest species in Britain and is particularly elusive and difficult to see. In fact, it behaves more like a bird than a butterfly. And according to our guest speaker, its morals are a little suspect. The purple empress that males certainly have the morals of some of Tolkien's orcs, probably. And um, you wouldn't uh, want your sister or daughter to go out with a bloke with the morals of a male purple emperor. That's our guest, author and National Trust conservationist Matthew Oates, who I spent a glorious afternoon with walking through Lower Woods in Gloucestershire on the hunt for the purple emperor butterfly. So unusual, it's known as a cult butterfly. But just before we start... We need to let you know that we're running a competition throughout July to win one of three signed copies of Matthew's book, His Imperial Majesty and Natural History of the Purple Emperor. All you need to do is rate and review our podcast before the end of July 2021. You can do this easily on Apple by scrolling to the bottom of the show page on Apple Podcasts and clicking on tap to rate and then write a review. Just take a screen grab or a photo of your review and email it to hello at wildlifeworld.co.uk. If you're listening on Android or Spotify, then you'll need to email us your review as you can't rate podcasts on either of those platforms at the moment. You can find out more on our website, wildlifeworld.co.uk forward slash blogs forward slash podcast. Right. Let's get into it. There's no Paul this episode, so it's just me and Matthew on a lovely afternoon walk through the woods. Enjoy. Matthew, we're in Lower Woods, which is owned and managed by Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust. Why did you suggest coming here today? Well, it's a wonderful place for a start and brilliantly looked after uh, by the uh, Gloucester Wildlife Trust Um, but it's actually a classic piece of purple emperor habitat. One was seen, definitely seen in uh, 2020 Um, and uh, it would be really good to ascertain the size of the the population. We're on effectively the western fringes of the known underlined purple emperor. This butterfly is seriously under-recorded. It's highly elusive. Um, and crucially, the techniques for spotting emperors are different to those for spotting any other butterfly. You have to ignore all the other butterflies, all the thing that feeds on flowers, <laughs> and you look up for emperors. It's more like a bird than a butterfly. In general, is this a good area for spotting butterflies? Is this the kind of landscape that you would look for? Yeah, absolutely. This is a broad woodland ride, uh, fringed with brambles and crucially uh, lined with sallow bushes, um, which is the food plant of the the purple emperor butterfly. Uh, They breed on largely on what we call pussy willow or goat willow Mm -hmm. uh, and other types of sallows. And, of course, they're only flying, they're living as a butterfly for two weeks or so of their year-long life. The rest of that time, they are 
on or in those sallow bushes. Shall we take a little walk there and see what we can Let's spot. wander along this way. Tell me a little bit, give me a description. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious in its title, but what does a purple emperor butterfly look like? Well, for a start, they're very large. Um, only uh, of the British butterfly fauna, only the swallowtail is uh, bigger and, and then only marginally larger. Um, and a, a female empress, a uh, female purple emperor, who we call the empress, may actually be as large, if not larger, than most um, uh, British swallowtails. So it's a mighty beast. The name comes from the beautiful iridescence which glorifies the upper side of the male's wings. Uh, the, the problem with it is it is, as I suggest, an iridescence and you only see it at certain angles of, 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 the, of the wing. And you can see a purple emperor close up and it looks black with white bands because you're looking at it from the wrong angle. Okay. Change your angle and it will flash purple at you uh, in a big way. And it will go through a whole spectrum of blues and mauves and purples and indeed browns and blacks. And strange enough, when they age, um, most of the purple as we see it comes off and um, it looks like a, rather like a brown and white butterfly. Uh, and the older an emperor gets, the less active he becomes, and the more likely he is to sort of flop around low down, and we are to see him. It's as simple as that. The females, I've said, are bigger. Um, when they're fresh, they're very dark, um, uh, charcoal grey, charcoal black almost, um, uh, and they turn brown with age, and they lack that wonderful purple iridescence. With butterflies, um, the males are the more attractive uh, of the species, the more beautifully coloured. Uh, and purple emperors actually use their beauty as a weapon um, against each other. So it's inter-rival, uh, inter-male rivalry. I'm flashier than you. I'm more purple than you. Uh, so the females are going to be more attractive to me than they are to you. It's that sort of thing. It's vanity. All is vanity. It's quite a niche subject for somebody. And you've devoted quite a lot of your time to the Purple Emperor. What, what draws you to it? It is a cult figure butterfly <laughs> and not just here in the UK and it's been a cult butterfly in the UK for a great number of years, decades. It's really before early Victorian times which is when butterflying became um, popular. Yet yeah, we have a uh, we are we have a very strong strong relationship, a very strange uh, intricate relationship with beauty uh, and this animal is seriously beautiful. And we are also attracted to rarity, and the emperor has a reputation for being extremely rare. And we also like things which are elusive mm. as well. And that explains mm. a lot of bird birding, and especially bird twitching. You know, yes. Rarity and elusiveness. Um, so it is a wow, thrill, experience butterfly. It doesn't. It does things which no other butterfly does. It behaves like no other butterfly, really. I mean, it's extremes. The males, especially, do everything in an extreme way. And we'll come on. We'll come on to that. <laughs> um, so it, it 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 stimulates the parts of the human brain, which I think no other British butterfly. I think it's it's actually England's national butterfly. It's just that being English, really? we haven't recognised it. It's oh, it's in the it's in the literature. It's in the poetry. It's in the literature. Mm. It get this butterfly gets more hits, more mention than just about any other, well, well, than other butterflies. 
How rare is it in comparison to other species that we may see in Britain? Yeah, well, that's a crucial question. Uh, and I wish I right knew the answer. <laughs> the, the more we work on emperors, the more um, we turn them up. Um, and the less rare they actually seem to be. This is for once a good news butterfly mm -hmm. um, in that we're not uh, on the point of losing it from the UK, far yes. from it. Uh, we are getting better at knowing how to look for it. Um, and um, the good news is, is it seems to be um, increasing within its known range, its traditional range, which is central southern and southeast England and Gloucestershire's on the western fringes. Um, and it seems to be moving, definitely moving north. It's recently reappeared or been rediscovered over most of East Anglia um, in intensively managed landscapes with highly fragmented and often very small woodlands. Um, and all East Anglian counties are now nicely purple. At the moment uh, it's known from uh, northern fringes uh, are of the empire as we call it, the purple empire, are the Nottinghamshire, South Yorkshire borders, really quite a seemingly quite a decent population in Sherwood Forest which have probably right. been there for a long time and have been forgotten about. Right. The Victorians knew it uh, and it seems to have died out in inverted commas from Sherwood uh, and we've recently refound it and it's probably quite a good colony. Most English um, spot for an English butterfly. Abs absolutely. It, but west of the Severn, we don't know it. It must be in the Forest of Dean. I so strongly suspect it's in Monmouthshire and some other Welsh mm -hmm. counties. There are historic records from northwest Wales. My message is look and thou shalt find. <laughs> we've, we've stopped. Why have we stopped here? What are we looking at? Ah, right. Well, we're underneath a sallow tree of just magnificence. Uh, it's a beautiful. Uh, goat willow. They even be true Salix capria, the true goat willow, um, because this is the main food plant of the purple emperor caterpillar. Right. Uh, they breed primarily on uh, what we call sallows, goat willow, and the longer, larger leaved uh, varieties of the rusty sallow uh, grey willow types. So the purple emperor is spending most of its life, something like 11 months of its life, up there in one form or the other. But we've struggled so far to actually see evidence of feeding, haven't we? The, the, the caterpillars are incredibly hard to find. We're uh -huh. just working out how to do it now. Um, the problem we have with purple emperors is that it occurs at very low population density. Think of the comma, the humble comma butterfly, which we all know. Mm -hmm. um, you, it, flee, it, it comes into gardens and it feeds on flowers, but it's a, it's a loner and you, you, only, you never see more than one or two in a vista. I once saw seven commas in a vista, which wowed me. Uh, and many years, the most number of purple emperors I'd seen in a vista was, was seven. And then eventually I got into double figures in the incredible emperor year of 2018, um, when there was something like 10 or 11 males chasing one poor female. I felt rather, rather sorry for her and ashamed of my own gender, to be honest. It was bad, <laughs> bad behaviour. We'll come to that and on. Um, uh, and, um, and so this is the problem. It's this canopy-dwelling butterfly. It's up there, we're down here, we're stuck on these rather narrow rides. He's ranging mm. over the canopy. Mm. Um, 
and uh, we see so little of it. And the techniques for spotting purple emperors, for working purple emperors, are different to the working any other butterfly. Ignore the flowers, don't look on the brambles and the thistles like you do for everything else, and look up. So it's, it's really a birder's butterfly. And key piece of equipment is what I've got in my right hand, pair of binoculars, because you need them, <laughs> and the ability to focus them distant, <laughs> fast-moving objects instantly. What's the sort of landscape that we're looking for to be able to spot something? You mentioned to yeah. me about seeing the canopy. Yeah. Well, uh, traditionally, the, the butterfly books say the purple emperor is primarily a, a species of oak woodland, oak forest, ancient oak forest. That's where the old collectors in Victorian and Edwardian times looked for it, because they had plenty of that habitat, and that's where they found it. And until very recently, this is where people have been going. Um, but in fact... We're looking outside those habitats uh, now, and it's quite at home in coniferized woodland, mm -hmm. providing uh, the foresters have, have allowed sallow bushes um, to exist. And here lies problems for the emperor, because most foresters, and certainly during the 20th century silvicultural revolution, when conifers were brought in massively. Mm -hmm. Sallows were regarded as forest weeds and forest enemy number one and were grubbed out. Now sallow is the third most important tree for moths uh, in the British Isles after birch and oak. Birch okay. one, oak two, sallow three. Uh, so it's incredibly important for biodiversity plus all the the, the flies and bees and whatnots, pollinators, which visits its flowers in spring. It's a really important uh, tree for, for, for biodiversity. And emperors are, are just a cherry, <laughs> you know, on the icing of a, of a particularly rich cake. Are there any other landscapes that we're seeing purple emperors turn up in? Yeah, well, this is the exciting thing. Um, and uh, if we're less British and more continental in our attitude, we can actually see uh, and, and learn from what, what, how this butterfly is behaving abroad because it's relatively widespread uh, in the less hot and less cold parts of the continent. And um, it occurs in quite a diversity of habitats there. And one we're missing, one, one we've been missing out on um, here in, in, in England is actually river valley woodlands because sallows and willows are quite common constituents of, of um, riverine woodland and indeed um, old gravel pit workings you know, mm -hmm. which get treed up mm. and sallows surprise surprise are, are, are pretty abundant so we're finding them there um, but it, the glorious thing about it is it is not just um, a rural butterfly we are finding it in towns and in cities and there are records of purple emperors turning up in the most strange places a female got squashed was found squashed on the steps of the high court in london in 2007 and the specimen is in the uh, is retained in the in the uh, natural history museum wow. now how did she get there it's becoming more and more of an urban butterfly because we're establishing more and more green spaces and um, you know, pop-up and pocket nature parks hmm. um, in urban environments. We need them and nature needs us as well. And the emperor's turning up there as well, which is just fantastic. Um, so it, it, is a, it is a good news, a yes. very good news butterfly. And it also raises the question of, this is in big capital letters in purple ink, where next? What next is this butterfly going to do?
And you'll be tracking it. <laughs> well, there, well, there's a whole load of us. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not alone. It, 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 this is a cult figure butterfly. Best of all, we're having a fantastic good time as well. It may be <laughs> eccentricity, um, uh, this is eccentricity at its best, but um, Absolutely. we are learning a lot. Um, I'm enjoying that you've turned up in a purple t-shirt as well today. Well, it, the, it's almost, I, felt I always wear purple during the purple emperor season. I'm not alone. We need to go and this and go and have a look at, and describe what this butterfly does. Yes, and talk you've, about um, why it why it does. You've alluded a lot to a slightly, shall we say, Maverick. immoral. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've gone further. Uh, no, grossly. Um, uh, yeah, I was just just say the purple empress that males certainly have the morals of some of Tolkien's orcs. Probably, um, they are not nice characters, and um, you wouldn't uh, want your sister or daughter to go out with a bloke with the morals of a male purple emperor. And I will explain why. Um, let's go down this ride a little bit and find a prominent but sheltered oak tree is there anything i can do as a gardener to be able to encourage a purple emperor into my garden yes if uh, larger gardens this butterfly will use larger gardens um, and and we have male territories and i'll come and talk about male territories in a moment very soon um in some some larger gardens out along forest edges we've actually found quite a few and if your garden's big enough to have one or two goat willow bushes or trees in them and you're close to a known purple emperor site mm -hmm. a good good quality purple emperor habitat you your sallow bushes may get well will get used at least from time to time not necessarily every year but in good years and you're helping the butterfly move about it's similar to having a buddlier bush which yes. is a feeding location well this is a breeding breeding stop as opposed to a feeding stop it's as simple as that if I spot or think I've spotted a purple emperor in my garden, is there anything I can do? Can I help in any way? Yeah, the, well, the answer to that is yes. You're highly unlikely, of course, to see one in your garden, but they do occur quite freely in, in and around larger gardens. And the males are highly territorial um, and actually can establish territories uh, which are used from year to year within larger, uh, more treed, more bushier gardens, mm -hmm. particularly those which are close to forest edges let's just turn around and have a look at this yeah um and uh, um of course you can grow in larger gardens sallow bushes mm. they're highly ornamental they have fantastic flowers and the males have that golden pollen in spring and um feasted on by hoverflies and mining bees and all those uh lovely spring insects and butterflies commas peacocks tortoiseshells those sort of guys um uh, and if you're within the purple emperor matrix they may breed in, in, in gardens we have quite a number of records of them breeding in gardens i personally have found larvae at the clackett lane service station on the m25 both both sides okay both north and east <laughs> uh, 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 north north and south south sides and best of all this is in my book uh, my greatest moment in life was when our family um, expedition to marwell zoo i found a caterpillar on a sallow uh, bow overhanging the boardwalk above the leopard enclosure in Marwell Zoo wow. near Winchester in Hampshire. You know, if they can do that, they can breed in big gardens. So yes, do it. Um, <laughs> you're you're in business. 
Okay, we've stopped again. What are we looking at now? Well, I've mentioned that purple emperor males are highly territorial. They have two ways. Because they occur at low population level, mm -hmm. not because they want to, but for some reason or another they do, um, uh, they've got to have highly sophisticated ways of ensuring that male meets female pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh, um, after the, um, the females uh, emerged and, and is ready to mate. Um, they have two main strategies. First and foremost, during the first two weeks of the, sorry, the purple emperor season, when the males are young and the females are emerging, um, the males patrol the rides and wood edges and sallow thickets, areas where there are lots of sallow bushes, looking for freshly emerged females. And if they find a freshly emerged female, they flush her up from the bushes. She will lead her suitor up into the tall trees, mm -hmm. usually an oak, and they will mate for, guess, and wait for it, three hours, 45 minutes on on average. And that's on a sample of 15 um, observed matings from start to finish. I'm Have quite... you sat there with your stopwatch? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've done that. They've been timed. Um, um, and they're fairly consistent, actually. The range isn't, isn't that, that, that way out. But that's plan A. I'm not sure how successful it is uh, for a lot of males. Plan B, if they fail to uh, find a, 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 a girl um, in the bushes in the morning, in the afternoon, As you do. they establish territories uh -huh. um, high up, quite often, but not always on oaks, in, around prominent trees, um, which are at the same time well sheltered from prevailing winds. So they're always on the leeward side, even that means you're looking into the sun and that's where they'll be, even if it means they're perched in shade. Uh, and what we're looking at here is on the uh, west-facing side of this broad ride, there's a clump of prominent, quite tall oak trees, densely leaved, and, and all that foliage today is, is completely still. Uh, just a few yards on the other side is a taller stand on the west side, is mm -hmm. a tall stand of poplars, which are sheltering on a west wind this oak stand. Yes. And this is a classic purple emperor male uh, territory. And if, assuming the butterfly is here, and my guess is it is, uh -huh. this is where I would look for them. Um, and there's a gap, a, 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 a canopy gap, yes. quite prominent gap. So a male will be sitting on this oak tree, fairly, fairly near the top, um, waiting for a female in need of male service, services to fly up into that gap. And he gets very frustrated because the females aren't that stupid. <laughs> and they need male service, services probably once in their existence. Um, so these males, uh, they've already failed to find a lady in the bushes during the mornings, right? Um, they're very frustrated and they will intercept and fly at anything that enters their airspace. Uh, anything bigger than a bee or wasp, they will intercept it. Wow. If it's a female, uh, they will try and wow it. I would like to say with poetry. Uh, in fact, it's not. Um, but anything else, they will try and trace away, particularly other males. These guys, make no mistake, they really hate each other's guts. Um, and so when two males meet... Um, they circle around each other. The first word begins with F and then the conversation rapidly degenerates. And then one will chase the other off at great speed, right up into the sky, out of sight for us at times. And these are large butterflies. And then the victor will, will drop back. What they're doing is they're using beauty as a weapon. They're flashing purple at each other. 
I'm more purple than you. I'm more attractive than you. The females are going to like me, not you. Go away. That's a polite way of putting it. I'm sure they're less polite than that. Uh, But if it's a bird, they will chase birds. Small birds, medium-sized birds, and large birds. And we've had them chase some quite rare birds. On the small front, lesser spotted woodpecker. It was terrorised by a purple emperor. Um, Siskin, crossbill. Crossbills are quite regularly attacked in conifer woods as well. Uh-huh. Um, tit mice, blue tits and great tits, they particularly mm-hmm. got it in for. And I'll come on to that later on. Okay. Uh, medium-sized birds, uh, wood pigeons, common. Um, commonly chased, jackdaw. Um, stock dove, another woodland bird. Blackbird, um, song thrush who we're hearing at the moment. Um, yeah. And on a large front, they've assaulted the most incredible things on Earth. Stupidly, one once, one once assaulted a hobby. That was a mistake. Uh, he didn't, yeah, didn't I can make, imagine. No, he didn't, didn't make that mistake twice, unfortunately, <laughs> in that particular case. Well, that was well, that was actually filmed. Fair play. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen them, uh, a goshawk I'm quite pleased with, um, a buzzard, mallard, heron, and the greatest of them all, white stork at Net Wildland in West Sussex, which is hosting the um, reintroduction of the white stork to the UK what? very successfully, and has and actually has the biggest um, purple emperor population as, as, as well. But so the they, size difference. They are vicious things. Well, by, by and large, the birds tend to ignore them. Great spotted woodpeckers are terrorised by them. For some reason, they're petrified. Because this butterfly is flashing purple at you, mm. and it's using beauty as a weapon. So I think it can upset some birds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that would be what would be going on in this canopy gap here between uh-huh. the oak clump, nicely well sheltered from the west, uh, by this tall stand of, of poplars. Um, and of course, any female, <laughs> quite, is going to avoid that canopy gap like the plague because she knows a male's going to be up there. Um, and that means that the males are getting more and more wound up. It looks as if most females only mate the once and mm-hmm. they then go off and spend 10 days or so laying their eggs in the salad bushes, maybe 100 eggs, 150 eggs if it's a hot summer. So they're still successful breeders despite... They, the methods used. Well, they they are, but I mean, the truth about about butterflies is it, it is the mature reproductive stage of a very complex metamorphosis. And being a right. butterfly, if you're male, is all about sex, and, and if you're female, it's all about actually laying eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they're about. Um, and you know, caterpillars don't lay eggs; um, they can't reproduce. It's the butterfly that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they spend a lot of time actually getting ready <laughs> for, for this. This is a raison d'etre. Um, and they do have a fantastic time doing it, but gosh, they do get worked up, and the testosterone levels of male purple emperors is staggering. What's the, what's the best time of year, then, for me to be out and about and, and looking up for an, a purple emperor? Well, that's changed, because the old books... Uh, tell you that purple emperors are very much of, uh, creatures of July and early August. Uh, but with climate change, their flight season is getting earlier and earlier. And in 2020, after that wonderful sunny spring, um, they started on the 11th of June, which is the earliest mm. record for the purple emperor in the UK ever. Uh, this year, 2021, they're going to be later because we had such a wet May. And mm-hmm. it did a court cool um, April as, as well uh, but they will be out by the end of June here um, th- this year and they'll be at peak during the first two weeks of, uh, of July mm-hmm. so by and large nowadays 
They've, they're usually starting around Midsummer Day, 24th of June, and they're finishing around about the 24th of July. Mm. Uh, don't look for purple emperors uh, in August anymore. They've gone. Right. Never mind what the books say. They're wrong. Um, and so many of our butterflies are actually having uh, their flight seasons um, earlier and earlier. And some are even fitting in extra broods. And sometime, sooner or later, we're actually going to get a second brood purple emperor, sec um, September, October time. It will happen. Other butterflies are already doing it. And tell me a little bit about why you say Purple Emperor is still a success story in comparison to other butterfly mm. species across Britain, because yep. that does seem to be quite a negative story at the moment. Yeah, well, it, and, and rightly so, because you know, most of our butterflies are in serious trouble. And the great news of Purple Emperors is that its needs can be variously met. It is not restricted to a single habitat, mm -hmm. let alone a single national vegetation community like for example silver spotted skipper it breeds on the common uh, goat willow mm -hmm. pussy willow bushes which we're looking at here uh, and that's a bit of a weed a bit of a thug of a plant which will grow in quite a diversity of situations uh, town and country um, yes, yeah, so tell me, we've stopped again. Let, what are we looking at here? Well, we're looking at a lovely sallow bush, which tells us so much about the purple emperor. Mm -hmm. um, most naturalists would say this is a goat willow, and I'm happy for them to say that. It's probably about 80% goat willow and 20% something else, because they're virtually all hybrids. Okay. Never mind that. It looks eminently suitable for purple emperors. And this is where I'd expect a female uh, empress to lay her eggs. They tend to lay them out of the sun on the subcanopy sub in a bush sprays because um, the young larvae in late July, August are actually prone to desiccating in very hot weather. They can also get washed off leaves by thunderstorms. So they're, mm. they're laid, most of them are laid either on the sheltered north shady edge or uh, on the subcanopy sprays with a bit of an umbrella um above them and mm -hmm. then those eggs hatch after something like 10 to 21 days depending on the weather mm -hmm. so make that 21 um <laughs> and a little caterpillar comes on and actually uh, lives on the tips of leaves feeds very very slowly from either side of the leaf tip um, changes skin after about 10 days to 14 days depending on the weather again um, and then develops a rather nice pair of horns. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it's a built-in weather station, but the science needs doing on this, and it's, it's, it's hard science. They're sensory units, uh, definitely. And they feed incredibly slowly um, during August and into September. Change skin again, usually in early September. These are what we call third instar, or L3, larvae and those guys last for months because they grow to almost a centimeter including the horns and then because sallow bushes pussy willows are deciduous these guys have got to get through the winter mm -hmm. and they change color um, with the autumn as the leaves change color the caterpillars which are masters of the cryptic arts at all times mm -hmm. change color like chameleons with wow. them um, and then just before the salad leaves come off, the emperor caterpillars go into hibernation, uh, matching the substrate. Most of them are next to next year's buds, and they're uh, a sort of yellowy 
browny, greeny colour, depending on what the buds look like, or they're in forks uh, of branches, mm-hmm. uh, and they're grey or brown in, in the forks. And they, they're in what we call hibernation, or scientifically something called diapause, for five long months, conked out. Wow. They're aware, they're in, and you can, if you blow warm air on them, help breath on them, they will wave their horns around. <sighs> Um, they, during that five month hibernation, they are viciously predated by birds, primarily great tits, marsh tits, blue tits, and I regret to say on one terrible occasion, long tailed tits. Um, and I think that's, there's some stored resentment, as I've said earlier, that uh, they really do, males seriously chase great tits and blue tit flocks around, uh, in, in midsummer, and they do. Um, and <laughs> they're getting a, their own back yeah aren't they? <laughs> yeah and they need to because in a bad tit year mm. in a bad tit winter when tit populations are high we get um, uh, um, predation loss rates of 80 percent that's high Golly. yeah um, anyway those that survive then feed prodigiously during spring and may is their growing month and um they change color to match the color of the sour leaves uh, eat change skin eat change skin and they end up in the size of my little finger actually almost because i've got small hands it's a big fat caterpillar mm. um and then they uh will pupate they will will wander off uh into a warm sunny position most of them uh, and it seems to be pupate fairly high up on the in in the sallow trees or in trees generally. They may okay. change they may change tree. Uh, so biological soup um, pupation, uh, and then after about eighteen days, depending on the weather, uh, the butterfly emerges. What we do know is that a lot of pupae get crunched. We don't know who's doing the crunching. I think it's nocturnal. I suspect yellow neck mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Dormouse and quite possibly squirrel as well. I don't think it's bird, but basically I can tell you that the hotter the weather, the uh, during the pupil period, the lower predation losses mm-hmm. are during the pupil time, and the more purple emperors we uh, see. So a good late May June uh, uh, can lead to a very good purple emperor emergence. And been really great news for 2021 is we so far uh, we're in just past mid June. the the June weather's been really really good for them actually Uh, and long may it continue almost the hotter the better. So is it controversial to say that climate change is actually good for this species of butterfly? Well it is and it isn't because it isn't good for the sallows which Mm. can um, and thank you for raising that uh, which can suffer in droughts and and look at this is a clay woodland rider and it's cracked already uh, well, that was after one of the wettest mays ever and um well not wales is next door and wales had its wettest yes, um yes. may ever uh, and it's already cracking this could actually be the year to look for purple emperors away from its known haunts in the southeast um and, and go and look for in, in pastures new Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wildlife Community Podcast. You can find out more on our website, wildlifeworld.co.uk forward slash blogs forward slash podcast or simply hit subscribe from Apple, Google or Spotify. It's free and you'll be alerted to new episodes of our podcast coming out in the future. Next month, we're incredibly excited as both Paul and I will be speaking to bumblebee expert and wildlife gardener Bridget Strawbridge Howard. 
that's one not to miss. Have a wonderful time pottering about in your wildlife-friendly gardens and don't forget to enter our competition in the meantime to win one of Matthew's signed books. All you need to do is rate and review our podcast and send us a screen grab to hello at wildlifeworld.co.uk. See you soon.